0: out last week into a, a, a new series. It's only three weeks. It's a kind of a short one, but I believe it's power packed in its in its information, <clears throat> and that's a 21 day prayer challenge. And uh, we are 14 days. I believe we're 14 days into that. And uh, not necessarily prayer and fasting, which is what we do normally, huh? We have 14 days left. We have 14 days left. Uh, whatever she said, that's what we got left. Uh, but we're we're into that place now where um, we're, we're not necessarily fasting food uh, as we do at the beginning of the year, but we, uh, we, we are intentional about maybe pulling you, and uh, the word prayer is real simple. It, it means moving towards something, but God is who we're moving towards, uh, but it's not just moving towards. It actually means moving towards and supplicating or asking and petitioning, and there's like seven different types of prayer that you can find in the scriptures, and and uh, that's not necessarily what we'll do during this series is define all those different types of prayers and all the nooks and crannies involved with each one. Uh, we'll maybe do that next year. But we want to do more so just kind of pull you in the direction of get you talking to God, get you fellowshipping with, him, with God, and, and He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in the journey that you have uh, here on this earth. And uh, so uh, can, I, can I give you a little bit of uh, revelation? I got corrected this morning pretty strong um, in the sense of uh, last night. Uh, anybody here have a dog or have dogs? Anybody's dog stay in the house with you, live in the house with you, if you want to admit that? Well, my dog lives in the house with us pretty much and sleeps in our bedroom at night. And, uh, you know, if, just going back to last week, remember we talked about the authority of the believer, if you were here last week, and how you have authority over principalities and powers and mights and dominions? Well, you know, my dog, <laughs> through throughout the night, he hates thunderstorms, hates them dearly, actually, I guess if you could say it that way, and uh, so here I am sleeping, you know, I'm like this, got my head up against the pillow like this, and all of a sudden, you can tell when he's getting bothered by the thunderstorm, because he comes and puts his nose right there in front of my face, and he's you, he wants to get your attention, so you, it's almost, seriously, nose to nose, we're talking wet nose to nose, and it'll shake you up when it happens. And uh, if you don't acknowledge it Because you think you would ignore him And he would go away But no, he's even more strong Then he puts his paws and he jumps up there like that And um, if you don't acknowledge that You're in trouble Because he's getting ready to jump on the bed with you And uh, so last night uh, It was one of those nights And my whole point is You never have one of those moments That you would like to I wanted to throw that dog off of the deck last night He was bothering me so much But um, And so what we did do and I don't, get, don't think this is cruel, but we just locked him in the bathroom. Everything was great for the rest of the night. But I got corrected this morning. I'm going to take authority over that spirit, demon spirit working through him of fear from now on. You just, I guess you have to be there to know what's going on. But uh, uh, I just, uh, I'm glad to be talking to you about prayer. Because I believe sometimes what happens is we put up with things longer than we have to. And I believe that, uh, now there's two sides to that. When I say putting up with things, if you're in a battle and been in one for a very long time, that's a different thought to you, putting up with something. But if you're in an immediate quick battle and you wanted this moment to end right now and it's just something that you just stepped into, sometimes I think we put up with things and allow things to continue a little longer than necessary. And You have to admit to yourself, sometimes you get yourself in pickles and, and we choose to pray Really, when we're in that spot where I could have really done something about it a long time ago, but I waited into the moment, I have to have God move right now. and uh, you know. So maybe this series will help us move away from, especially next week, where we're praying and thinking long instead of having to pray in the moment of crisis, when it's a little bit more difficult to pray at that time. Because sometimes when you get into praying in crisis, your prayers will move into prayers of desperation and begging more than prayers of faith and we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to us, all right? You know, I said this to you, that as I get older, you know, now 52, I'm coming to this place where I really believe that the responsibility of a believer in prayer is so much greater than anything necessarily you can find in the Scriptures because God needs a voice on this earth to move. He needs a voice to move into your life, to be honest with you. Prayer is really a bridge to bring manifestation from heaven that's already provided for you into your life. And if we're praying have to say it this way, incorrectly in a sense, maybe instead of actually praying and keeping the door open, I'm actually turning my back towards him. Instead of moving towards him, I'm actually moving away from God instead of moving towards God. And we want to come to the place where that's not happening. And so here's what we did. We started into this series, we said that one of the first steps, things to recognize is that sometimes the most important thing is realize that Prayer is not about getting my own agenda accomplished. It's about getting into the presence of God and finding out what His agenda is, and then that's the one that's going to be accomplished in the life of a believer. And then I said to you this, that um, uh, John Wesley, I think, is the one that said this, that it seems that God can do nothing unless someone's asking Him. And I said this to you last week, too, that's very important. God honors bold prayers. Bold prayers are the ones that will stare God in the, not just God in the face, but will stale darkness and, and, and mountains and seas that need to part and even your Jericho, and we're going to hit another side of Jericho today, but we'll look right at it. Bold prayers will honor God, people that will look at God and just consider, you know what, him faithful in the moment and in the time, not just now, but in the future as well. And I want to challenge you that as we get ready to go down some of this road today, we'll hit another side of of what it means to pray hard. But before we do any of this, I'm going to invite you, this will be the only time I'll ask you to stand up. Somebody else might, but I'm going to invite you just one more time. Stand up with me. I want us to read this scripture together. I want to, again, help this get seated into your heart because I think it will be powerful in the realm of prayer if we follow its instruction. Here we go. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, and if you go home and you look at this, it's in the Amplified Translation. But here, let's start. You ready to read? Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. One more verse. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again, we're so grateful to be here with you this morning and so honored to just acknowledge the word as being first place in our life, and uh, we're honored to be able to just step out into a place of maybe question and getting some understanding today. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to enlighten our eyes, enlighten our spiritual eyes, and Not only that, help us to transform maybe our thoughts and how we think to the way God thinks. And we're grateful to know that as we do so, we'll see some things turn around maybe in our lives that may be impossible to us, but they're not impossible to God. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Let's just kind of move right along. I said to you last week that real prayer will actually take your faith and turn it into exciting faith. In other words, if, when real prayer is praying correctly and with some understanding of how to move towards God and commune with God and petition God, I said that you can see a lot of times irregular things happen regularly in your life. And of course, prayer is not about getting our own agenda, but this is something I said to you last week. I want you to hear it. Prayer is enforcing God's authority in this earth. And then we taught on this all last week. We talked about the authority of the believer. You can go listen to the podcast, don't have time to go back there. Even the notes to that are still there. Uh, We got the notes to today in there, but I want you to hear the end of this. Prayer is enforcing God's authority in the earth. We become a channel for God's power of divine intervention. And so we said the first step to really seeing this kind of prayer work in our lives, one that will approach a Jericho, one that will part a sea, one that will move a mountain, is really starting where you actually dream big. And we amplified the phrase "dream big," and we said that happens with two ways. Dreaming big is believing for the impossible, and we said it starts. Number one, guys, listen to me. There's nothing more important in this earth than God. He loves to do the impossible. He loves to get in and answer your prayers. But he really wants to bring you to a place where there's a lot of things that we're praying and expecting and trying to see accomplished that are already accomplished. It's just a position that you take as a believer in that prayer more than it is a <clears throat> trying to get to some place. And so we said dream big. It starts where? First of all, discerning what the promises of God are. Without the promises and without knowing what he says, it's going to be really difficult to begin to move towards him. And we said the step number two, once I've discerned some promises, once I've got to that place of Jericho, am I going to put that promise up alongside that, uh, that Jericho that's in my life? And we'll share this a little more in the end today. But, but listen, I would venture to say, because I did, I would venture to say that if, you're, if you put a prayer in this uh, wall today, prayer wall last week or even maybe today, I would venture to say that we, all of us probably put our Jericho, our mountain, or our sea that needs to be parted, right? Well, there's another side of Jericho. We have to be careful because if you stay at the Jericho, your wall will never come down. You see, because there's another side to Jericho. Jericho was actually the promise that God made, and the wall was the thing that was surrounding the promise. And a lot of times we create Jericho bigger than what it is because we're still standing at the wall and we need to get on the other side of that wall and the only way to get on the other side of that wall is to discern this with a truth in other words I not only am I going to put my Jericho my mountain on there I'm going to come alongside it with a truth or a promise of God because that's what the manifestation needs to have a pathway to get on all right and we said that not only am I dreaming big, so how do I do that? We said to write it down. Number two, you wanted to write this thing down. Put it in front of you. Why? Because just like, I don't know if you're like me, but I would get distracted by circumstances and what people say and what reports say and things that are out there in the world. It's easy to get off course and lose sight of the promise and put more focus on the wall. And if you lose sight of the promise, you will start to probably move away from the promise because you start to see a gap, and you start to wonder, and this is where we get to that place. When is God going to do? Or is He hearing me? Or does He know I'm here? Or is He making a difference in my life? And so as we come to this place, <clears throat> I want you to realize something that's really powerful. That you know what? As we're dreaming big, and I've discerned the truth, and now I take that truth, and I'm going to couple that with writing it down, The promise of God, if you need healing, what I'm going to say, I'm not just putting healing on the piece of paper. I'm going to say he's carried sickness and pain and disease away in his body, and I'm going to put that alongside of the healing. Do you understand? It's one thing to say, Father, I need healing. It's another thing to say, you know what? I need healing, Father. I thank you for it. Now it's provided for me through the power of redemption, and therefore the Bible says that you've carried sickness and pain and disease away in your body. You've redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I call myself healed. Big difference. All right? So here's the next step, and here's what we want to talk about today, because I think this will help us, and, and how, do I, how do I get to this place where I'm going to do a 21-day prayer challenge? I want to challenge you to pray hard, <laughs> and it's interesting when you think about the word hard, you don't even like the word, because the word, the word hard sounds like work, but I will say that a lot of people, this is how we pray. Matter of fact, will you indulge me again this week? Give me your greatest straining face you can give me. You know what a straining face is? <coughs> come on, give me one. Come on, come on. Oh, you guys are poor in this service, just like all the rest. Come on. No, no, put some hand in. Come on, put your hand in. Come on. Strain with everything when you. <coughs> and that's how most people pray. There's no rest, trying to make something happen because you're wondering when it is. Tired, weary, weak. And even have an understanding of some of the truth, I'm praying and weighing and I'm praying and I'm doing it. And there's, there's nothing wrong with beginning to move in that first step of petitioning and asking. But we want to move to a greater level of faith beyond just praying hard. But hard can be really defined in, in, in really two ways. Praying hard is praying through and praising through. But sometimes I think what happens is, just before the miracle happens, we step away because we didn't see it happen as fast as we wanted to. And sometimes it's, you know, for the the person that's sitting here, and and you're just up against the wall, and you just got yourself there, and and, and all of a sudden you need God to step in, and and you need that miracle right now because you just got here, and so you're already going to God and saying, God, I know you can do, I know you can change. and then you didn't see it happen because for some reason the choices that you made, in other words, you, you, you're, you're kind of hard-headed in some of this. You know, you got three speeding tickets, and after a while you don't get the message, and so now you're really in trouble. And so what are you going to do with that trouble? You've got to do something about it. Well, I might need to really make some changes. Because if I start, keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results, you might not get it. But I'm at this place where I'm praying through. I'm at this place where I want to pray hard. But sometimes you step away from the plan because right before the miracle happens, right before the expectation takes place, you step away because you didn't see it happen as fast as you wanted it to. Well, let's hit the other side of that. What if you've been in a battle for a long time? What if you've been in a battle for, and you can add however long time you want to do that, and you might have a tendency to probably move away from the promises because now you're tired, now you're weary, and now you've come to that place where, okay, you know, God, I'm there. Are you really going to do this? Is this really going to happen? And here's what I want to be able to do with this series. I want to be able to take all of us and kind of pull us from one side to the other because I think they're really two different extremes, but I want to kind of pull us to the middle of the road and help you see, am I staying consistent and persistent with the one thing that will guarantee the result that I'm looking for? Time's out of the picture. So here's how we begin to do that. It starts with really this thought of prayer and praise, but I want to go to this place in Romans chapter 4. I want you to see something. If I'm going to pray hard, I'm not praying hard to get something that's not provided for me. I'm not going to pray hard because uh, you've got to realize, everything that you need in the kingdom of God is already provided to us through the power of grace and redemption. Everything that is needed is through righteousness and your right standing with God. Again, prayer is that channel. Prayer is that place where I'm making a bridge between me and God so that the power of God and the manifestation can get to me. Do you realize here in Romans chapter 4, as we're there, I want you to see what Abraham, who's our best example of faith, the Bible says that he is actually the father of our faith. And I want you to see what praying through looks like, what praising through looks like, what praying hard looks like. Look at Abraham real quick. Romans chapter 4. Abraham, in hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken so shall your descendants be, discerning the promise. There's the promise. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded, assured that what God had promised he was able to perform. Sometimes when it comes to the subject of praying hard, we want to make this decision to become hard-headed. Does anybody know what the word hard-headed means? You see, what you saw Abraham do here, Abraham was actually, this was not a -a once-in-a-moment lifetime for him. This was something that happened to him over a period of time. And this is not saying that Abraham was some perfect human being either. Abraham made some really royal mistakes. But what was the distinction between Abraham was he knew the promise, he had discerned it, and it was written down in the tablets of his heart. Actually, you can see that God says as many as the stars. He put a vision in front of him, so as he looked up, that's how many your descendants would be. As many as the sand that you can see on the ground, that's who your descendants would be. So every place that Abraham walked his feet, every time he looked in the sky, it was written down from him who he was going to become. And then when he looked at his own physical body, something that contradicted every bit of that promise that was an impossible thing happening in his life, I love the fact that it says that he did look at his body and considered it, but he considered beyond that something greater, and that was a promise. The Bible says he gave glory, gave weight, more weight to the things of God. He was hard-headed. I don't know about you, but that was something I heard a lot of times through maybe my mom sometimes. Son, you're just hard-headed. I heard this from my dad a lot, that you're just hard-headed. Matter of fact, I just had an experience the other day. Friday, I wanted to go see the Pirates Cove uh, tournament boats coming in. There's about 70 of them, and I wanted to be there, and I wanted to watch them. It's pouring down rain, and just me and my dog, we took out in the boat, and we go out there, and we're sitting at the bridge. And you have to understand, this boat, my boat's got a, it's got a hull, it's got plugs in the one side, but it's also got these two holes on the top, they're self bailing holes. One keeps water from out of the boat, one allows water to go out of the boat. But if they're not all plugged, you're in trouble if you get sinking, you're in a bad spot. Well, for years I heard my dad, I can hear it ringing in my ear, Hear it my dad saying, Boy, make sure you put the plugs in the boat. Make sure you put the plugs in the boat. Well, this day, I chose not to put the self bailing plugs in my boat because it was raining and pouring down, and I'm thinking I want to let the water run out. Well, guess what? I got distracted. I got watching the boats. I got watching everything going around me. Lost sight of what I was doing. My dog jumping back and forth. I'm feeding my dog crackers. We're just having a good time. I'm sipping and drinking my coffee. Having a blast and just, just enjoying herself. Distracted. And then all of a sudden, I felt the weight of the boat feel really awkward. Just like this. Hadn't looked down one time. And it's starting to feel weird. And I look down. You've got to remember now, there's a hull in the middle, and then there's the deck. I'm on the deck, and I look down, and water's right here to my ankles on the deck of this boat. I, I'm not dumb. I knew right then, oh my gosh, I'm sinking. So I knew what to do. I took off. I was hard-headed. I didn't... Put the plug in the boat, put the plug in the boat, put the plug in the boat. You can guarantee this boy will put the plug in the boat from now on. Long story short, I got the water out. I ran from the bridge all the way to, if you know where Banana Island is, it took that long to get all the water out. But it could have been a really bad day, especially in front of all of the charter fishermen coming in. I'm out there sinking. <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was Head towards land <laughs> so I, I'm heading over this way I'm going to the quickest land I can find Because I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it work But uh, my dog's all up in my face And trying to figure out what's going on But we, we, we did alright But Take that thought of being hard headed And we usually use it in a negative sense You know, you're hard headed Why don't we become hard headed With the promises of God that's Anything that comes to contradict something that's opposite of what the promises say, I've discerned it, I've written it down. This is what really, when it talks about praying hard, I'm hard-headed about something that comes to tell me that I can't have, this is going to happen, and it's contrary to the things that God says. Praying hard starts right here by knowing how to pray through. starts here, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. I want to look at this. Listen carefully, the scripture says. Will you do me, just put your hand on your ear right here, and then lean forward with me. Sometimes we can do this, but no, no, come on, really, lean, lean into it. Listen carefully, the scripture says. In other words, give some attention to this a little bit more. This is not just a passer-by scripture. You can take your ears down, you <laughs> This is not just a passerby. How do I know that? Because I love the next term. He says, my dear child. To me, that's a term of endearment. That's my father saying, look, these next few words are probably the most important, some of the most important words you'll ever hear in your whole life. Lean in to hear these. That's what he says. To everything that I teach you and I pay pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. See, I was distracted. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the core of your being. So above all, guard the affections. Affections is talking about your feelings. Don't feel this. It doesn't seem right. No, guard this. Affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. If there's ever any phrase that I want you to write down, if you had a pen and paper that you would need to write down or could write down right now, it would be this next statement. If you don't have a way to do that, it's on the podcast or or the app. Praying through is all about consistency and intensity with the promises of God. Praying through is being hard-headed. Here, Listen, praying through is all about consistency and intensity with the promises of God. Praying through starts by knowing and saying the word of God. That's where it starts, John 15, 7. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who He is. So it's not a father problem, it's not a God problem, but there's a step that I can take. Because listen to what Jeremiah 1.12 says. God is, I'm alert and actively watching over my word to perform it. So my first step into... Praying hard is to pray through, and praying through is knowing the promises of God and being consistent and intensive with that, hard-headed in one spot. You're not going to make me waver. So in other words, let me start you here. I took one step when I discerned it, got the promise. I took another step moving towards God when I wrote it down because I know I could get be distracted by the outside elements. And when I get to this place and I've written it down, I'm going to become hard-headed with this truth now. And this is where most people get off. Most people walk back because they don't see it happen when they want to, or they've been distracted, or they've been in a battle for so long. And I want to help you understand why. You say, Pastor, I got that. I got all that truth. I get it. I, I know God. I believe you. know, If there's a truth that you ever want to settle in your heart and in your spirit, that God's a good God, he's got your best interests in his heart, and he will never leave you, never forsake you, and never let you down. You settle that now. But when it comes to the truth of the word, is there something that could keep me from getting to where I'm at? Should I look at something and look for something that, that's keeping the mountain there? Yes, there is. But is there something that will defeat and move that mountain out of the way for me so that I can guarantee I get on the other side of the wall, which is Jericho? Yes. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. First of all, listen, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So if I'm working and I'm pressing and I'm straining and I have no peace and I have no rest, it's immediate knowledge to know you're not working in the power of God. You're not working in his strength. You are working in your own might and your own might will fail you. That's why it's so important to keep those words consistently and intensely in front of you because the next step will show you what will get you off of that course. Number two. Or excuse me, verse eleven. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say, stand against the wiles of the devil. I don't know if it's revelation for you as much as it is me, but there is a devil that does not like you. He doesn't like you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have joy. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to be broke. He does not want you to have a smile on your face. He does not want you to be happy, happy, happy. Everybody look at somebody and say, happy, happy, happy. He does not want that. And he has one realm of attack. It's defined in this one word of wiles. And he's got helpers that help him do this. And You look at the word wiles... The word "wild" simply means the devil has tricks or strategies intended to ensnare or deceive you. Tricks or strategies for your life journey that's in front of you, that's coming at you, down the road for you. We'll talk more about that next week. The devil's got plans for you when you get there. God's got a bigger plan of protection. God's got a bigger plan of safety. But I have to know that. I have to know how to apply it. I have to know how to bring it working in my life. Because I've got to be the bridge for the promise to be working. And the bridge is the knowledge and the words that are coming out of your mouth. Praying through. I'm hard-headed with the promises of God. And the devil knows the only way he can get you off course of that is to deceive you into being more distracted by what's happening on the outside. Look at the next verse. It's interesting to me that sometimes we think that that our authority over the devil is getting him in some kind of headlock and holding him like this and forcing him and fighting him into, into submission. No, spiritual authority is more about the warfare and maintaining what Jesus has already done in your life. Listen to the rest of this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood... But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of the age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly heavenly places. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Everybody say, stand. In the evil day and, I can't see that. And having done all, stand. Sorry, it's a real small writing. And having done all, stand, stand But Everybody say stand. So there's a position that I'm going to hold against the enemy. I, there's no doubt that there are forces and there are deceptions and there is trickery and things to keep me from moving in the place of my promise. But the way I'm going to overcome the promise is, is through a more powerful stand of being hard-headed. Of the word stand, I'm not going to move from this position that belongs to me. I don't have time to go into all of the armor. I don't have time to teach you that along that line today. We can pick that up next year maybe. But if you study every piece of that armor, you will find out that every piece is related from your righteousness to the position you hold is related to the Word of God. Every piece has a word connected to it. And I want you to see something here that's so important to me when it comes to spiritual warfare. Look at this word, stand. I looked it up before first service. I hadn't done so until today. But he says, I want you to stand there for having everything protected with this stand. Listen to what it means. I want you to abide. We got that. I want you to appoint. I want you to stand and appoint the angels that are sent from heaven to go out. The Bible says angels are sent to minister for the saints in the new covenant. To go out and to make pathway and open up doors for me on this earth. I want you to, I love the next definition of this word, stand. I want you to bring. In other words, you know what, devil? Guess what? I've discerned it. I've written it down. I'm bringing it now, buddy. Look out. I'm coming at you. I'm not running from you. I'm not backing down. I'm bringing it now. I'm bringing it to this place where I'm going to stand hard-headed with the promises of God. But don't stop here. Verse 16, in every battle, take faith as your wrap around shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from it, the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spear of the sword, the spoken word of God pray passionately in the spirit. There is another level of praying we'll talk about next week, but if you want to be praying in the spirit, if there's no word of God coming out of your mouth, you are praying flesh. And there'll be no power in the prayer. There'll be no power in bringing the promise into your life. James 5:16 says the earnest, heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now listen, I want to take you to this place in Luke chapter 10. Go there with me real quick. I don't have a whole lot of time. And just because you're the 1130 service, I want to be a good steward of your time too. Because there's nobody coming after you. But listen, when I learned the truth of the promises of the Word of God, and as we learned last week that I've got the authority over the things of the enemy... And I just found out that, you know what, there are some trickeries and deception and some wiles of the devil that he's got in store for me. And he's got some helpers coming alongside to do something with him. I want you to see and understand the power of the authority that you have. Let me remind you of what that looks like. Now that you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over Satan, his kingdom, You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Now listen, 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 listen. You've got to see the rest of this. However, everybody say however, however. Your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but your names are written in the journals of heaven. There's a lot more of your life to be written out The devil can't stop your journey. He can't take your life away. You've got authority over that because you've got all heaven. Heaven, and that belongs to God's kingdom, is the true source of that authority. You've got heaven, all of heaven, backing you up on this road of transition from bringing manifestation into your world. So many people get off of the train way too soon. So many people get tired in the battle and tired in 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 the challenge that I'm walking through. Here's what I want you to do. Take your level of praying through and don't stop at praying through because you'll start praying hard with work. If you want to transition from just praying through and getting in front of God, here I am. You have to take the next level of beginning to praise through to the place where I'm not just praying for something now. Now I'm praising through something because I'm praising from a place of victory in my life. Here we go, come on, stand up with me. You you, you guys are sitting down too much. First and second service went nuts. I want you to take one step with me. Come on, take one step. All right, you just discern what the promise of God is. Long life until you're satisfied. Say it with me. Long life life. until I'm I'm satisfied. All right, now, get a fake pen out. Take one more step. I'm writing it down now. You ain't taking my life away from me. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't care how sick you think you can make me. Guess what? I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I will conquer the enemy. I'm going to start in the gates of hell. All right, You got your pen? Now you're talking. Move right up against the wall. Now listen. Joshua, when the children of Israel came up against Jericho... Many people just see Jericho and the wall and forget that Jericho originally was the promise of the promised land for them. But they came up against what was the first thing they saw. They couldn't see Jericho. They saw the wall. What were they told to do with the wall? They were told to circle. Now you ain't got to go get religious with this and circle seven times. But they said to circle this wall. Get the shout and get the praise out. And what happened? But they had to believe. (laughs) I'm too hot in this service. Yeah. (laughs) They had to discern what the promise was. He says, I've promised you and given you this land. So he could write it down on the tablets of their heart. What did he do? He put them right smack dab in the front of it. What I like about that, that puts me right stack dab in the middle of the front of my mountain. In the front of my seat, it's got to be open. I'm looking at it right in the face. I'm not going to be moved by the mountain anymore. boy? Because I wrote it down. And I wrote my promise beside it. And now I'm at this place. Instead of, sometimes we got to, Listen. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it because it makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel better. And it seems like it's just the best way to do Some, You're not going to like what I'm going to say. Sometimes you've got to stop praying through and start praising through. Because praying hard and trying to constantly pray through actually turns your back on the promise. And you start moving away from God because you'll be yielding to the circumstances instead of seeing the promise on the other side of the wall. Your next level, I'm telling you, another level of faith, another level of, of place to come to. It's a higher level of faith. It's not just quoting the word. It's just not speaking and, and, and warring and shaking and putting the devil in a headlock. It's actually doing something with your mouth that says, you know what? Thanks be unto God. He always causes me to triumph. This takes me back to, it's better when you're standing up. This takes me back to, we ended a series of worship just a couple weeks ago. And we ended right here at this spot. And isn't it interesting how the enemy tried to keep us from getting here, but God took us right back to the same spot. Your scripture begins, it says, this is the will of God for you that you give thanks to unto God. at the place of worship the next level of faith I'm not just praying for something now I'm not just praying through something now. Come on now. I am praising through because my Jericho's already there for me. I need the wall to be gone. So you know what? I'm going to shout for the wall to be gone and I've moved, to this, <laughs> I've moved to this place of power and authority and I'm tired of the devil just making me believe that I can't have it anymore. I, you ain't going to mess with me anymore because i got this thing written down. I'm at this place. And the Bible says that he inhabits the praises, Proverbs 22, 1. He inhabits the praises of his people. What do you think he does? He brings you rest. What does he do in the habits and praises of his people? The Bible says he sits down with you. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And the, how can he sit down with you if you're not sitting down? We feel like we got to be doing all this. And he said, you know what? Father, you're amazing. I love you so much. The Bible says he comes and sits down with you and gives you rest. And while you're sitting there, what's he doing? He's talking to you. While you're sitting there, what's he doing? He's getting you off of the circumstances and getting you more focused on what he's doing for you and more focused on the journal of life out in front of you, and you get off of the fact that it's not working right now. And all along, what am I doing? I'm just moving right on down. It's a lot easier sitting down. I'm moving right on down to the road. And he says, while we're sitting here talking and having fun together, what's he doing? The Bible says the word inhabits means he's out there setting up ambushments in the journey of your life, taking care of your life so that when you get there, you ain't got to worry about the wiles of the devil anymore you ain't got to worry about the spiritual authorities anymore because they're already taken care of huh oh yeah <laughs> you preach this three times you better be able to star or stare at something listen to me I'm not saying all of these things to make you feel lower or belittle where you are but I am trying to help you recognize where you are which side are you on Am I on the side where uh, I just got myself in a mess and I need breakthrough? You might be. Or am I on the other side where, man, I've been going for so long I've got distracted and I lost sight of the water coming in and I lost sight of the boat sinking. I need someone to put me right back in the middle. I just pulled you back into the middle now. And so here's my encouragement to you for the rest of this week. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 12: Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflamed. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expecting. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. How do I pray hard? I am praying through, and I'm praising through now. I'm not going to be stopped by the mountain anymore. And listen to me. This will take you to the next level, and the next level is being able to think long and think way out there in the future. What's God got for me? Long Live until you are satisfied. One question. One question. Keep doing it. That sounds real good. Hershey, you're doing an amazing job today. One question. Here's a deal breaker. It's just bothering me. One question. I just want to show you my socks. One question to ask yourself. And this will determine your fight. Are you satisfied? If you're not satisfied with where you are, pray through. Praise Praise on through. And watch what the promise of God says. Thanks be unto God. He'll always cause you to triumph. Always. I'll see you next week.